the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. We will begin a new series for this quarter based on our theme for this year that we entitled Come to the Water. And as as I've been saying all these Sundays, the acronym WATER stands for Waiting, Always Trusting, Expecting. And the letter R in the last quarter uh, we used to describe spiritual renewal. Now the letter R in the acronym WATER for this coming month will be focused on spiritual refinement, how to refine our walk with Christ. Today's message is entitled, A Soul in Pursuit of God. And our text is taken from Revelations, Revelation rather, chapter 2, verses 14 to 20. Uh, please find it in your Bible, and uh, we will read it momentarily. You know, there's always a honeymoon period, you know, whether it's that a uh, new house that you bought uh, that you're excited to move into, whether it's that, that uh, new car uh, that you purchased, whether, whether it's that new uh, job uh, that you just got, or maybe that new relationship that you just engage in. There's always that brief period of time when you're convinced that nothing can go wrong. That will always be perfect the way you have experienced it for the first time. Nothing can possibly destroy the happiness and the joy that you feel at that moment. But as time goes by and uh, familiarity and routine begins to set in, the luster, the joy, the excitement uh, begins to fade. That house that uh, you were so excited about going home to, the moment you paid several months of your mortgage, uh, you decided that you're going to spend less time in your house so you can spend more time in that job that you used to brag about being the best place to work in the world. That car that you used to bathe in mineral water. It is now that now resembles a garden because the, the dust is so thick you can plant tomatoes on top of it. You became the best actor, you know, because you can fake a sickness so well because you hate going to the job you once bragged to be the best job you've ever had. And of course, that new spouse that you had. You used to finish each other's sentences 
And now you can't finish a sentence without cussing at each other. You, you became more of cellmates than soulmates. We once pursued these things with great intensity, but uh, uh, now, as time passes, the luster goes away. And uh, we hang on to these things, but not for the same reasons, not for the same motivations. It's simply out of necessity because the thrill is gone, so to speak. Loved ones, the same is true with our spiritual walk. There was once a time in our lives when we pursued God with great intensity. But as soon as we discover the price that we have to pay, our desire often gets challenged. Often it goes by the wayside. And uh, what was once a very real spiritual pursuit now has become simply going through the motion. The old folks in the, in the church that I grew up in called this phenomenon backsliding. Okay, I don't know if they use that word still today, but that's, that's how we describe a person whose, whose desire and intensity and love for God seem to be fading. We call it backsliding. Not, I don't know where you stand about this thing about backsliding, but I do know from my own life that sometimes in our Christian walk, we hit a wall. And sometimes we just get stuck on that wall. And we can't seem to go through. When times like that happens, we not only need spiritual renewal, but once we have that renewal, we need to learn how to refine our spiritual walk. Our soul needs to learn how to pursue God. This was vividly described by the Apostle John in the book of Revelation, especially as he, he described the spiritual condition of one of the seven churches of Revelation. In this case, the church of Laodicea. And let's read this together. If you have a Bible, you can read along silently. Verse 14. John wrote, To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need anything. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, so you can become rich, and white clothes to wear, so you can cover your shameful nakedness. And solve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. And this is the redemptive word this morning. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they 
with me. Obviously, writing and speaking to believers. Now, he used the term lukewarm to describe the spiritual condition of those who have somewhat lost the zeal of their soul in pursuing God and how that zeal was replaced by a counterfeit sense of piety and spirituality. He describes God's disdain uh, for lukewarm spirituality. God says, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth because I don't want you in the middle of things. I don't want you lukewarm. I want you neither hot, either hot or cold. Let me put it this way. I'd like my coffee real hot on a very cold day. Okay? And I would like my lemonade ice cold on a real hot day. Okay? That's the kind of spirituality that God desires of us. He wants us to be hot when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to what's right and what's true, and He wants us to be cold when it comes to sin, wickedness, and evil. But sadly, we often fall in between. And the Bible calls that lukewarm spirituality. And, and John uses three words to describe what lukewarm, lukewarmness, spiritually speaking, is like. He used three words, poor, naked, and blind. A lukewarm Christian still feels that, that he or she is still rich spiritually, but he or she has hit a wall and is stuck in the middle of being hot or cold. Uh, A a lukewarm Christian is someone who thinks uh, the the clothing that that they used to wear as Christian is is still nice and clean, but they've been soiled. They they go around, they don't want to smell dirty, so they, they take off pieces of those clothing until they become naked spiritually. And people who are lukewarm still think that they're seeing what God is doing. But for all intents and purposes, the sad reality is they're just disillusioned. They think that they're still seeing what God is doing, but apparently they have been blinded by their condition. What was once a vibrant relationship with God is now nothing more than going through the motion. How does the soul get back at pursuing God? Now, Jesus himself gave us the directives. And I love this about this this text. Uh, Jesus is, in essence, implying to to all of us, especially to the church, to the Christians at Laodicea, and to us today, do not cover your spiritual poverty, your spiritual nakedness, and your spiritual blindness with generic acts of spirituality. They just don't work. Let me pause here, and uh, I know some of you are thinking, why are you beating me up this morning, Pastor? I pray every day. I go to church until this virus hits. Now I'm, I'm streaming the services. I volunteer at the shelter. I come to worship every time I, I get a chance. 
I don't, I don't lie to my neighbors. I don't cheat my neighbors. I, I, I try to do the, the best thing that I can do. And those are all fine and good. The question is, what's the motivation behind the things that we do? Because you see, pagans can do the same thing. You know, you see a lot of people able to do a lot of things on the outside. But as followers of Jesus, there's something different. The motivation we have does not come from the things that we do. It comes from who we are on the inside. Is our soul pursuing God? And once our soul pursues God, these things happen in our lives automatically. Jesus himself gave us the answer. And this will help us uh, get back in track. Our soul can get back in track of spiritually pursuing God when we do these things that Jesus commanded us. It's interesting. Jesus said, buy from me three things. Buy from me three things. Now, what's the implication? When Jesus says, buy from me, What's the implication? The implication is when we pursue God, it will cost us. Okay? It's in our, it's in our verse. A soul who pursues God will pay a price. Okay, Jesus, what are you selling? He said, buy from me these three things. You are poor. Buy from me gold refined in the fire. You are naked. Buy from me white clothes to wear. You are blind, buy from me an eye salve so you can see. Now, what do these three things represent? Well, let's take a look at them one by one. Number one, gold refined by fire. What is it? When the, when the Bible speaks of, 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 of gold refined by fire, it's speaking to a Christian about the blessedness of a sacrificial life. The blessedness of the sacrificial life. A sacrificial life is a blessed life. Obviously, in the time of Jesus, and it's true for us today, gold is the most valuable currency because it speaks of great worth. And in the eyes of God, loved ones, listen, our worth is never measured by what we gain, but by what we lose. I want to say that again. In the eyes of God, our worth is never measured by what we gain, but by what we lose. It's central to the teachings of Jesus. The language of soul worship is sacrifice. What are we willing to give up in exchange for the life that Jesus said we could have? This sacrificial life is referred to by Jesus as that gold refined by fire. It's a tried and tested life that produces the kind of worship that penetrates heaven. There was a, a story in the Bible, and you're all familiar with this. The, moment, the, the, the last moments of Jesus before he was arrested, he was praying in Gethsemane, and here comes the soldiers coming in. And, and they wanted to arrest Jesus. And as soon as Peter saw one of these guys trying to get his hands on Jesus, Peter pulled out his sword and chopped up the ear of one of those guys. I think his name was Malchus. He was the high priest's uh, servant or something. 
And, and somebody, somebody once said that, uh, that uh, Peter was not aiming for the ear. He intended to cut the guy's head off, but he missed, as he did, missing a lot of the things that Jesus had taught him. And Jesus said these words after he saw that. By the way, he, he took the, the ear that was cut off, and he put it back in and healed that man. Now, I don't know about you, okay? But if, if I was going to arrest Jesus and my ear got cut off, okay, and Jesus picked it up, put it back, and I was healed, I would believe. There, there's no doubt about it. Everybody who saw that should have believed, but it, it, it shows you, you know, the blindness that happens to people. Okay, and more of that later. But this is what's interesting. Jesus said to Peter and those who were there, Do you know that I can command legions of angels to come and rescue me? Did you know that I have the power to do that? But in essence, Jesus was saying is this, I will never buy your salvation. I will never buy your redemption on the basis of a privilege. I'm going to secure it on the basis of sacrifice. That's how we got saved. Jesus went to the cross. The call to worship God is always the call to a sacrificial life. The Bible says the sorrow and the pain we experience here on earth does not compare to the awesome privilege of being in the presence of God. Pursuing God is rewarded by a deep, deep sense of hope and courage that the Spirit imparts the minute we are in the presence of God. And those of you who have experienced a suffering in the name of Jesus understand this truth. One minute in the presence of God covers a thousand heartaches, covers a multitude of sin, covers all anxieties and fear. That's the reward of being in the presence of Christ in the midst of sacrifice. There's a story that Chuck Colson, the late Chuck Colson, uh, told about how great a politician Richard Nixon really was. Uh, his job in the White House was an aide to the president, and his main uh, his responsibility is to diffuse any kind of tension between the president and everybody else. Okay, There's this one time when a group of farmers uh, began complaining about this Republican bill that says they're really putting them, their businesses in jeopardy. Their, their, their products, they couldn't sell their products that well because this, this bill uh, uh, kind of prohibits them from doing certain things, the ability to sell their products. So they tried their local and state officials for help, uh, but to no avail. So they decided to go to Washington, D.C. and confront their representatives and their senators. And also to confront the agricultural, agricultural secretary about this matter. And so when they got to the, to the White House, they were met by Chuck Colson. And Chuck Colson said to them, I'm sorry to tell you, but all your representatives and, and, and your senators are currently very busy. So while you're waiting for them, why don't I give you a tour of the White House? And so uh, the farmer says, okay, while we're waiting, let's, let's go ahead and have a tour of the White House. And he gave him a tour. 
And at the end of the tour, he said to them, okay, let's go to the office of the agricultural secretary to see if he's available to speak to you. And they went there, and Colson said to the farmers, uh, uh, they're still pretty busy, uh, so why don't we just go and find an office somewhere where you can wait until you're able to talk to these guys. And Colson then purposely took these farmers to a, to a hallway that will pass by the Oval Office. And as soon as he got to the Oval Office, he took a peek in and, and he looked at the farmers and he said, maybe I, could, maybe I could have you talk to the president for just a few minutes. And sure enough, as soon as they entered the Oval Office, Richard Nixon dropped everything he was doing, dismissed the people that were in his office, and began to spend quality time with these farmers. After that 10-minute meeting with the most powerful person in the world, those farmers did not want to talk to any of their representatives. Why? Because five minutes, ten minutes with the most powerful man in the world diffused all of their anger and their anxiety. That's, that's, that's the kind of thing. It's not a perfect illustration, but that's the kind of thing that happens when we are in the presence of God. The Bible said no suffering we endure in the world will compare with the joy that awaits those who love Him. The sacrifices we make to pursue God will pay off because true spirituality will cost us and God honors our sacrifice of pursuit in the pursuit of His presence. Jesus said, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those when people in, blessed are you rather when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For the same way, in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus was saying, hey, the people that are before you, that were before you suffered the same thing. It's part and parcel of the Christian life. And it's going to be honored by God. Suffering may endure for the night, but joy always comes in the morning. When we get to heaven, we're never going to be rewarded on the basis of what we achieved, what we have earned, or what we have accomplished. We will be rewarded on the basis of what we have lost because of the sacrificial life we live in order to please God. Theologian Ian McLaren said, No flower will bloom in paradise if it was not transplanted from Gethsemane. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful word. There's a second thing that God wants us to buy from Him, and that is, He said, Buy of me, White clothes so you can cover your shameful nakedness. These white clothes to wear represent the beauty of a sanctified life. The beauty of the sanctified life. Not just the blessedness of the sacrificial life as represented by the gold refined by fire, but also the beauty of a sanctified life represented by the white clothes that Jesus says, we ought to wear. This represents a life of sanctification. The Bible said that we are clothed with the righteousness of Christ. You know, sometimes, you know why we get lukewarm? It's because, you know, we, we don't realize that we have, uh, we're spiritually naked. We took off 
the clothing <laughs> that God has placed upon us, that clothing of righteousness. And let me explain a little bit. The Bible says that we are clothed with the righteousness of Christ. But that, that clothing, uh, sometimes, you know, it's not, a, it's not a good thing to wear. You know, we go under a lot of pressure. Uh, we feel ashamed sometimes of calling ourselves Christians because, uh, y- you know, it, it's, it's not a popular thing sometimes. We get persecuted. Sometimes people don't look at, at us the same way. They don't look as, at us normally because, because of the fact that we, we seem to be wearing a different fashion than they are wearing, okay? Uh, that's kind of a, a, a reason why some of us become lukewarm. We, we try to put a little bit of the world's clothing on us rather than maintaining that clothing that God has provided for us. Now listen, have you ever looked at your, your old pictures? Everybody? <laughs> have you ever looked at, at some of your old pictures? Don't you sometimes, you look at yourself back, back maybe in the 70s, those of you who are old enough. I'm talking about those of you who are old enough, okay, wherein you buy ice cream, they ask for ID. That old, okay? Uh, Have you looked at those pictures? Don't you just sometimes want to faint at how good you looked? But have you ever checked out your wardrobe back in those pictures? They're shameful. You should be ashamed that you have worn those things. Right? But some of you still keep them. And you still wear them from time to time. And that's what I want to describe. You know, move on. God has given us a new wardrobe that enable us to pursue righteousness. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Lapson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. As a listener-supported ministry, they are grateful for your tax-deductible donations at livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of the imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com.